thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, it's great to see all of you. Um, Hey, I just want to add a few things. First of all, let's give Kyle a big hand. Thank you, Kyle, for all your hard work. Incredible. I say Kyle is a legit grown-up now because he has four kids, so you're the real deal. Um, uh, I want to encourage you. One thing that Kyle said on these prayer request cards, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment actually thinking through how could uh, we pray for you. So if this is going to be prayed for every single day and we believe that prayer matters and we're laboring in the spiritual realm, then maybe you have a prayer request, just saying. And so um, make sure and take advantage of that and then drop it in the offering bucket at the end. But this is going to be a powerful season of 21 days of prayer. If it is your first time at Radiant, we're so glad that you're here. Radiant, can we give a big hand to everybody that's here for the first time? We're so honored that you're here. Yeah. And on behalf of my bride, Renata, and I, we're so honored and glad that you're here. My name's David, and uh, we're excited uh, that you would come and join us today. There's also a connection card in your seat, on your seat. Um, and if you wouldn't mind taking that, uh, if it is your first time, filling that out, dropping it uh, in the bucket at the end of service, that will help us know that you are here. And we'd love to get you connected if you would like to be connected. All right, everybody, you ready for 21 days of prayer and fasting? Say yes or no. Yes. Oh, see, come on now. You guys are amazing. That's awesome. Uh, I'm excited as well. I wanted to just give a little commentary on the idea of fasting as we begin. Um, We have everybody that uh, are veteran fasting people to those that that think it's a crazy concept. And so everything in the middle. I want to invite you uh, in these 21 days of prayer and fasting, you can go lots of different directions. Um, One of them would be if you went in a full food fast. And if you've never done that before, I think that's a powerful uh, season. That's a great way to operate and take a season of time to fast from food, to pray. Another idea is we read Daniel uh, fasted from choice foods and people kind of take different liberties and go some different directions in that. But you could do kind of a select uh, fast where you kind of choose what you're going to forego and and kind of just take less delight in eating for 21 days. An additional one uh, would be something that you do that would create time. So like, for example, to fast social media, all right, or to fast screens or to fast um, entertainment uh, or something like that so that you can create some time to pray. The big idea is that you grow closer to God, that we pray and fast together And so it's that you're disconnecting your soul from some of the worldly things so that you can connect to God. So it's not bad things necessarily. It's just things that take up capacity, take up time, take up affection. And so I'd like to invite you to make sure today as we go into this to fast for 21 days, choose something. Um, If you're new to our church and this sounds kind of like a lot, uh, you can wait till next year. It's not a mandate. Um, But I want to encourage those of you that make Call Radiant Home to forego something so that you can create some space to pray. All right. And this is going to be a powerful time together. I am uh, so excited uh, to see what God does uh, in 
these days that we draw near to God and he will draw near to us. It's a promise. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter six. Uh, we're going to begin a series, short series, uh, where we're going to talk about the Lord's prayer or some scholars say the disciples prayer because it's the idea uh, of a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And so uh, we're going to just hone in on one phrase today. Um, Hallowed be your name or King James, hallowed be thy name, if that's uh, how you know it. Matthew chapter six, let's read it together and then I'll pray. Verse nine, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive, have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, we love you today. God, we ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to pray. We thank you for the way that Jesus taught his disciples. And Jesus, we ask that you would teach us as your disciples in 2023 in Kansas City to be a people that pray. We ask, Lord, that you would teach us. Holy Spirit, would you guide us? Would the word of God come alive to us so that this is not just something that we have memorized, but a practice that we live, a feast that we delight in. We love you. And everybody said, amen. I don't know if you have uh, people in your family that it's difficult to decide what to purchase for them for Christmas or what gifts to get them coming out of this Christmas season. Um, the easiest person in my family, Renata and I have four children, is my daughter, Adeline. She's very easy to buy gifts for because she created a Google slide presentation on what she would like for Christmas. And so Adeline had a slide that had the gift and then it had um, where you could get it. Here's the link. Here's a picture of it. And then this is amazing. She had a star system, uh, a five-star system on how badly she desired it. Um, and then potential price ranges. Uh, it was phenomenal. So it had, there was no mystery on what she wanted and if she got what she wanted. And many of us, I think today, We'll take the idea of prayer and think, ah, it's, it's too mysterious. I don't know. And uh, so I, I, I'm going to back away from prayer because I'm not sure what to pray. Here's a moment. Jesus tells you what to pray. Right here, disciples approach him. There's a lot more ways to pray. I'm not saying that this is the only way. We have examples of Paul praying. and um, we've, So we've got some apostolic prayers where we can read some of those. You've got prayers in the Old Testament. You've got prayers in the Psalms. But if you're new to prayer, here's a great way to start. We call it the Lord's Prayer, and it's this moment where Jesus makes it absolutely clear. It's like Google Slides. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, it begins. And Jesus begins by telling them, our Father. So it's this idea of he's, he's Abba, he's close, he's a father. And in the first century, that would be a, a very revelatory. Theologians would talk about this as being imminent, that he's close. That, and, and then it goes right from, from that he's close, like a father who cares and loves, immediately into where he is in heaven. And then it goes into, hallowed be your name. And that's speaking of his transcendence. So there's this eminence. He's close, but then right into, and hallowed be your name. So holy, set apart, revered, sanctified. Hallowed be your name. Lifted up, exalted, revered be your name. So I come into uh, his presence, and he's a father. He's in heaven. 
hallowed be your name. And if you look at the first century, the hallowed be your name would be something it might be a little bit easier to understand and get than the Father. But Jesus makes so clear. Actually, here in these first 18 verses, we read the word Father 10 times. I mean, Jesus makes so clear that, that he's a Father. And I think here at Radiant, and really in our culture today, that's one that we have put a lot of work into. And I think that we know. I think that we, we've worked on that. I think the one that, that we need work on is this, hallowed be your name. Exalted be your name. So I come into your presence and I don't come into your presence with a low view of God. I don't come into your presence with a high view of self. I come into a low view of me and a high view of God. I come into your presence and I go, hallowed be your name. Not my name, which I live in a culture that constantly tells me to elevate my name, my profile, me, my finance, my pictures, my future, my portfolio, my friends, my followers, me. And so our our we have a tendency to, without even realizing it, to hallow in our hearts me over your name, my name. And so here we come in and we, sit, we, we draw near to God. He's our father. Hallowed be your name. And it's reverent. It's, it's, it's understanding how great he is. So it's not coming before him and saying, like teen culture today, bruh. Right? There's no that. No, no. Like that's it. I don't let my children call my wife, bruh. Right? Like, uh-uh. You don't come in. And I, when, when I was a, a youth pastor, teen, uh, com- uh, t-shirts came out and said, Jesus is my homeboy. Oh, no. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, no. Um, the, you, you know that moment where John, John 13, where he's seated next to Jesus. He's his friend. Five times he says I'm, he was the disciple that the Lord loves. We've got that picture of eminent, close friend. And? Revelation 1, Jesus appears, John falls down like a dead man, right? So yes, he's close, he's father. And, oh, you are, hallowed be your name, the exalted name, the name that is above every name. Worthy, awesome, glorious, the song we just sang about the lamb, worthy is the lamb, hallowed be your name. So you may grow up in a culture that tries to dumb it down a little bit. Remember who you're talking to the man upstairs, right? Oh no, I grew up 90s country, Garth Brooks. I'm from Oklahoma City. I get the, it's not the man upstairs. It's exalted, holy, worthy. So you might live in a culture that tries to bring it down. You have people around you that kind of try to belittle God. You might have constant commentary on your reels that tries to mock, belittle. But if you come into his presence and say, Hallowed, there's a heavenly scene where they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is as to come. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain. You come into his presence and you come in. No, you come like a child. He's a good father and he is in heaven. And then you say, hallowed be your name. Temptation is to not have that praise. And I'm not telling you this is the only way to pray, but this is the way that Jesus taught us to pray. And our temptation is to move forward. We're going to get to some other things. We're going to get to petition where you ask God for your daily bread. We're going to get later on to confession. Later on, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, forget, who trespass or have debts against us. We're going to get there. But to start, it's remember who you're talking to. He's God. He's hallowed be your name, exalted, lifted up above all else. So when I start the prayer thing, it's, it's not 
me at the center, it's you at the center. It's not me elevated, and I'm going to use you as my means to accomplish my end. It's worthy, holy, exalted. So it could be words. It could be song. That's one of the reasons why we do so much song. Some people say, I don't know that I like church because I'm not necessarily a singer. This isn't about singing. This is about praise. This is about you come before him and you're, you're letting the people that do instruments have good voices. All they're doing is leading you. They're not entertaining you. You're going towards God and saying, hallowed, worthy, awesome. Hallowed be your name. Your name is big. Your name, your name is awesome. You are God. Hallowed be your name. That's the start. That's where we begin. And that, that's a place of praise. It's this place of saying, coming before God. I think that for me personally, when I don't praise over time, I start to become angry at God. And if I have prayers, it's under my breath and it's anger. Why didn't you? And I know I haven't been praising. I, I have placed myself and my agenda as highest place. Another way that I know that I haven't praised is when I leave God out. When I just live my life and praise is not a part of my day. So you may say, well, I'm a, I'm a, I have an occupation and I'm a parent and I, I mow my grass and I pay bills and these are my... Here's who you are. You've said yes to Jesus. You forever are a worshiper. You forever are a glorifier. You are forever going to be a praiser. This is who you are forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever beyond all the tasks, even the tasks that you do currently to get an income, even the way that you steward some good things in your life. First and foremost, you will forever declare, wow, holy, hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigns. That's who you are. So, so what we want to do is start to recognize present tense praise. Hallowed be your name. When you praise, praise reorders your affections. Psalm 34, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Everybody magnifies something. And I have found in my own life, whatever I tend to be magnifying in my head is what I start to have affection for. Whatever I start to look at, feast my eyes upon, read, study, scroll, that's what I start to value. So when you praise, you are actually reordering your affection and you're pushing down. You're pushing down those other affections that try to take over. And because you live in a culture where they can make a dollar on your affections, because if you have affection for something, you'll consume something. So in, a, in, a, in, in, in this culture where goods and services exist and you're a consumer, if they can get you to believe, to think something that you need something, get your affection for that thing, then they can make a dollar off of you. So your affections are constantly being catered to. People are coming after it. And so when I come before God, when you come before God and you praise, and you got that hallowed be your name, and that could be a song, that could be faithful, good, worthy, true, magnificent, then I'm connecting with what is eternal. I'm connecting with the big story, and I'm slowly demoting my other affections. I'm slowly saying those will not be primary. You're going to be number one. And you want that praise to be your default setting. I've told you a lot about 79-year-old Dick Eastman, who's one of my heroes that I, I got to serve with for a season. And praise was a default setting for him. He'd walk in, he'd go to his desk, but when you catch him in the halls, when he's by himself, here's what I would hear. 
I would hear him, glory, oh Lord, I love you. He's making songs up. He's singing again. He's got this little, it's this default setting. It's this default, like, I'm gonna declare who God is. You know, most of our default setting is me, 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 me. And some people hear me say this, it sounds too dreamy, impossible. No way, hold on. What if it's true? What if it's possible for you to have a default setting where you are dialoguing with God and you're coming before him and you want your life to be in dialogue with him and you get some moments even when nobody else is with you, even when you're alone in the hallway, even when you're alone in your office, even when you're driving by yourself and you've got maybe not to the maturity of a Dick Eastman who's been working on it for 60 years, but maybe you at 37, you've been working on it for a little while and you come before him. And instead of just going back to ESPN.com or social media, you come before him and you say, you're good, you're faithful, you're holy, you're true, you're good, you're mighty, worthy as the lamb. What's that one song we sang on Sunday? And you declare it and you sing it. Hollywood. I'm not playing games here. It's no, no, no token words. It's just, I'm coming into God with prayer and you be the exalted one. You're the magnificent one. It's easy for us in our private space to kind of learn what we really have most affection for. William Temple, he said it this way. He said, uh, your religion is what you do with what you do with your solitude. It's when you're by yourself. Where does your heart go? Uh, we live in a culture that has tried to get your heart when you're in solitude. And so there's different methods, mediums by which they know, let's get their heart so consumed with sports, with binging more entertainment, with any kind of food, anything. Here's where we want to get as a, a follower of Jesus, as a worshiper, as an intercessor, you're someone that you've got that default setting that goes back to, all right, my first love is not a theory, God. In practice, it's God. So you say, David, here we, I, already know the, I already know this text. Uh, this is one of the most famous texts, the Lord's Prayer. I'm not talking about if you can quote it. I'm talking about if we're living it. I'm talking about if in our hearts we could get this, hallowed be your name. Like that, that's, like that drives you. Like, God, what does that look like in my life, in my family, in my marriage, with my kids, with my finances? What does that look like in my spare time? Where I'm, I've got that driving inside of me. Hallowed be your name. And, and I'm telling you, if you'll praise, you'll start to get revelation a little bit more of who God is, what God looks like. And, and that affection, that first love, that rearranged love goes higher for God. Second one is praise ushers us into his presence. In 2023, our word for the year is presence. It's to be close to him. We're beginning this year, 21 days of prayer and fasting, saying we want to be close. Psalm 140 verse 13 says, surely the righteous will praise your name and the upright will live in your presence. So when we read, even the way that heaven looks right now, around the throne, there's adoration and there's worship, there's praise. So when you choose to be a praiser, when you choose and you're driving uh, on your break to get your $6 latte <laughs> uh, to go back to work, you've got that little 25-minute window where you can engage in so many different things. What would your life look like if you said, this is, this is a praise break. This is, this is a moment. I'm just going to exalt. I'm going to enter in, and my, pray, my prayer life looks like my father, 
Ah, how good is that, Abba? You delight in me. You know me. You created me. You're my father. You care about every need that I have. You're in heaven, and hallowed be your name. I care about your name. I care about you being lifted up, revered in my life. And so just praise. And you watch your affections start to be reordered. You start to enjoy being in the presence of God. And I think it's one of the ways that you make a statement in the culture and you defy the works of the enemy in our culture. We live in a culture that expresses affection or praise or worth to so many other things and despises the people of God that would worship a God that's their creator, a God that we know and believe Jesus died for us, that he lived a perfect life, that he rose from the dead, that he's returning for, for us. And when you say he's my first love, he is God, there's a culture that says no. And so in the middle of a culture, when you praise God, it's a statement of saying, all right, God, I'm going to praise you in a culture that praises everything else. I'm going to praise you in a culture. And, and the enemy wants to get you to praise other things. And I think, I think the war of the ages is over the praise or the affection of the human heart. And the enemy doesn't care what you praise as long as it's not God. As long as you're not lifting up your voice, lifting up your affection, as long as you're not saying, hallowed be your name. It doesn't matter if you say, Man, make the highest place a sport, the highest place my clothes, the highest place my future, the highest place my, the, the show that I can't wait to get back to. But if you say, oh, I'm, hallowed be your name, there's a, that's, that's the war. There's some stories in the Old Testament where we read about King Jehoshaphat and there's a moment where he's going to battle and he puts the praisers, the singers musicians up front. And when he goes into battle, just by, by putting the praise at the front, it's this picture as the enemy destroys itself. And I think when we do that, when we go into this place of praise, we're defying the enemy and we're saying, not your way. We're going to do this God's way. It's that same moment, Exodus 17, very similar, where Moses is standing on the hill with his arms lifted up saying, God is with us in this battle. And as they fight, as the Israelites fight the Amalekites, Arms go up and the Israelites win. Arms go down and the battle at Rephidim where the Amalekites begin to win as soon as the arms go down. And it's all a statement about God in the battle. And when you praise, what you're saying is, God, I am with you. You are my God. Worthy is the lamb. God, be exalted. So it's that headed into whatever is the challenge, whatever is the difficult part of your life. That's why I want to invite you in these 21 days, when we sing the songs, run movies in your mind of what we're talking about. Instead of thinking about um, if the Whataburger is close enough to get to, it'll be the first one there. Or instead of thinking about um, what you're going to watch later today, or even thinking about if your kid is still alive, you know, like just, I want to invite you to think about, they're all alive. I, I, I want to invite you to uh, can we just give a big hand to every Dream Teamer that helps us with our kids right now? Yes, thank you, Dream Team. You're amazing. Where was I? Bless God. 
think, run movies in your mind about, okay, the actual songs. Because we're, we're letting these people who are singers and musicians, they're not entertainers. They're not people that are, you're here to watch. You're here to worship. So you're here to praise. And so they're leading you into worthy, awesome, hallowed be your name. You're awesome. And you'll watch, you'll watch your, your affections get reordered. Your, your confidence they're stepping into encountering the presence of God, beginning a life that doesn't allow the enemy to just win victory over victory, but you're standing in defiance and having that praise standing in defiance saying, I'm going to not allow all these other things in. Now I know even when we talk specifically about praise or worship, people always think song and they think I've got reasons not to engage. I know I do. One of, the, one of the lies that the enemy places in our mind is you don't feel it, so don't be a hypocrite. Since you don't feel the emotion, don't engage in the expression. However, you don't worship or praise out of emotion. You worship and praise out of a conviction. Whether you feel it or not, he's worthy of your praise. Whether that is... Right now, he is being adored. Right now... There, I mean, he, forever he is the worthy lamb that we just sang about, no matter if you feel it or not. So you come before him and you, you praise and sing that song, declare it. Sometimes we think, well, I'm being a hypocrite. No, no, no. You're, you're not loyal to those emotions. You're loyal to the to conviction. And for me, I've said, no, this is not necessarily my emotion, but it is my formation. It is my, I'm being formed. And this is forming me into a worshiper, a praiser. This is forming me into, in the middle of whatever I'm going through, I will praise. I'll praise you. I'll seek you. So another one is, I think people think my situation needs to be better or my circumstance needs to be better. Then I'll praise. Hold on a second. Um, if you picture Paul and Silas, Acts 16, in a prison, singing praise to God, worshipers, I'll bet their circumstance is more difficult than yours. And yet the overflow is praise. The overflow is expressing praise to God. So if I think I got to have the right environment to praise, so coffee's got to be right, got to have the moleskin journal just right, got to have Starbucks, Spotify, let's go, right song, whatever, has, whatever song has the most recent heavy revy. Okay, now I can praise. No, in my prison cell, when it looks like I'm staring death in the face and it's cold and dark and I'm chained to, next to a prison guard and I sing, worthy is the lamb, holy. It's not based upon my emotion and it's not based upon my circumstance. It's based upon your worth. So I praise you. And he, re he reorders your affection. So you praise him. And all of a sudden, you start to encounter his presence and become a person that engages with God in the midst of no matter, no matter the pain, no matter the difficulty, no matter the challenge. Some people say, I'm not a praiser because I don't have a good voice. Okay. <laughs> okay, parents. Think about this. When your three-year-old is on this stage singing, do you enjoy them because their voice is good or because they're your child? No, it's the relationship. You're, you start the prayer with our father. 
He delights to hear your voice, whether it's good or bad. He delights in you. So you come before him. Don't allow your voice to be the reason that you don't engage. That actually is a way of thinking about me instead of him. Because if it's him, then I'm just like, I'm just going to praise. When I was 23 and I was a brand new youth pastor, new local church, um, I was just praising on the front row. And I'll never forget where the senior pastor came forward and he said, David, I have never had a staff member that does jumping jacks in worship. (laughs) But keep going, brother. I ain't going to stop you now. Because you know what? At 23, I don't know why, but I would just come in and that's how I praise. I was leading all these prayer meetings during the week and we get there on Sunday and we had not as great of bands in our little youth group prayer, but man, I'd get there. There's a big old massive church with professional musicians. And it was like, I mean, my hair was on fire when I had hair and it was just like, I had another friend, his voice, he thought he'd lost it. He went months without a voice in that season. He couldn't sing. So he went and he learned an instrument so that he could come into this presence and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Therein you buy into the philosophy. It's not about my voice. It's not about what I, it's about my heart. I'm coming in because of him. It's because I'm going to declare. So I'm going to come in and whether I sing like the worship team or whether I sing like the front row, that ain't the worship team. Like I will, I'll declare praise. So I want to invite you a few practical things. Number one is this. Uh, I want to invite you to think, to, to, to start to use God's word in praise. Read God's word. Here's what I mean. Um, truth be told, if all the statistics are true, uh, engagement with the Bible is low in our generation. So I know in my journey um, that whatever I tend to be reading, it start to, starts to come out in what I say. So if I'm high on leadership books, uh, it starts to come out. If I'm, if I'm high on sports, that's what starts to come out. If I'm, if I'm high on the news, if I'm high on whatever I'm kind of reading, whatever I'm kind of engaging with. So I want to invite you this year. What would it look like for you? Because when you praise, what happens is, 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 is you get actual like that, that content and you actually have something to say. So there is some strength when I say, um, like to Renata, if I come to Renata and I say, babe, I love you. It's got some strength. But if I say, oh, how I love thee, let me count the ways. And then I list it. I love how merciful you are towards our kids. I love your empathy. I love the way that you're trying to help me be healthier in 2023 and eat some vegetables. I, like, I, I love the way that you uh, keep our house clean. I like the way that, I, you know what? I, lo- I love your brown hair. I love your brown eyes. You know what I love about you? I love that we have the same height, baby girl, by faith. I mean, I love, like, <laughs> that's our joke. We've measured once. My mom measured us when we were dating. She said we were the same size. We've never measured again. Just, I'm just running with that. Uh, now I, I lost my train of thought. Too many jokes. So when I list those things, it's a different kind of like, ah, oh, he's taking time to think, meditate. Here's what I invite you. Read God's word so that then you can start to actually think about, oh, let me say it, God. 
let me say, I want, to, I want to know the narratives of the Old Testament. I want to know the words of Jesus in the Gospels. I want to be able to talk about the way that Jesus interacted with people. My temptation is there's a culture that tells me to demote those things, to have a list of priorities, keep spirituality as one of the buckets that I keep good enough instead of my life is, I'm a praiser. I'm, this is what I'm going to do forever and ever. The, the purpose of my life is to worship and glorify God and enjoy God forever and ever. And so I am a praiser and I've got, I've got, I've got the Bible coming out of me. I've got lists of what you're like. You're faithful. You're good. So I can say, man, when I read the way God that you respond, that, that, that you, that you led, interacted who you are in creation, maybe with Moses, some of the old Testament narratives, maybe with the prophets, Maybe, I can, maybe I'm thinking about, as I go through my circumstance, the way, maybe in the Psalms, the way that David poured out his heart. Maybe, the, maybe what Jesus taught, maybe the words of Jesus, maybe the prayers of Jesus, maybe the way that Jesus engaged with people, maybe, maybe what Paul taught to one of the churches, maybe the way that they were suffering as Peter addressed people as they're going through suffering. Maybe, maybe John on the island, something in there, oh, but you've got, You've got it inside of you so that when you face circumstance, when you have less of it, you'll face circumstance and you will use a means that the culture gives you instead of a means that's from the word of God. But man, when you've got that, that, some of the word of God inside of you, then you begin to meditate, meditate on it, think on it. So number one, read the word of God and then think about it. Same way that I, w- I would list some ways of how Renata is wonderful. Renata did that with this with our kids. When our kids were um, on their birthday, that moment where you have the cake and the ice cream, Renata would say, uh, we're going to go around the circle and I w- want each one of you to tell what you love about the birthday child. Okay, so what's that forcing? Here's Renata helping kids learn to articulate what they love. This is what you're doing. You're getting the word of God inside of you. You're getting to where you think on it and then you begin to express it. You begin to say it. So yes, it's in song. And I love it when it's in song. So sometimes you sing your own song, like I gave you the illustration of Dick Eastman. Sometimes one of the best things is the songs that somebody else has written. I love it when somebody else writes a great song. I, I, and, and, and sometimes those songs get inside your heart and they just come out over and over and over again. For me, you know it. You hear very often you hear songs from the 90s. They just keep coming out, right? And that, so enjoy those songs say, express, express it to God. You will be one who expresses adoration or praise to God for eternity. When you start to do that now, God, you're holy. You're awesome. So I'd invite you, be real practical. How could, what, what could you do in terms of the Bible? Could you, could you download an app? Could you pay the little bit extra for the dwell app? Could you just get the the Bible app and go there. Could you go audio? Could you get it? Could you do a small group? What if you did a small group that said, let's just, let's read the Bible together. Let's focus in. What if, what if this year we couldn't contain all the little, all the little groups where there's a, it's a focus. We're going to read the scriptures together. There are radiant kids who right now are reading through the whole Bible in a matter of a few months. If kids can do it, I bet you could do it. I'm just telling you, there's kids, not just teenagers, there's kids reading the Bible. So if you start to say, okay, I'm going to, and what that does is it gives you, it starts to 
get, get the content inside of you where you're meditating, thinking, or you've got God in your heart, then you think on it so you can say it, and then you begin to express it. You begin to just verbalize it. Um, when you read it, you see what God is like, and you see God's personality. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, now God designed the human machine to run on himself. Just fun words, the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel in our spirits. And our spirits were designed to burn or, or, sorry, let me read this again. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. Is God the fuel you're feeding on? Whatever you feed upon, you'll de develop an appetite for. If you feed on other things to the absence of God, then those things will be what you have a hunger for. But when you feed on him, he becomes your fuel. We were doing uh, tours across the country with teenagers, young adults. Um, one time, we sent a team out. They're headed, actually, they were headed from Colorado, 70, I-70 uh, East. They were between Colorado Springs and Kansas City, actually. Only to, um, as they filled up on diesel, they filled up on gas and called back to me, what's up? We got 25 interns on the side of the road because we filled the bus with the wrong fuel, right? Listen, your heart, you continue to just feed the wrong fuel to your heart, you'll end up on the side of the road, spiritually. You end up, and then you end up mad, blaming other people, other things. I just want to pull back and go, praise. Right. What's it like you? I'm telling you the benefits of his presence, reordered loves, defying the, the enemy that's coming after you in our culture, crazy every day, coming before him, no excuses. No, not my, not, it's not about my emotion, it's my conviction. Come before him, I'm gonna be a person locks in with the word of God and get, get that coming and then express it so that it starts to come out of you, fills you. C.S. Lewis said, let me give you one more. He says this. The most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything strangely escaped, escaped me, I thought of praise in terms of a compliment or approval or giving of honor. I never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. The world is filled with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poets, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their game. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy. The praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is, appointed, it is appointed consummation. The appointed consummation of joy is praise. So pop quiz, when you listen to your heart, what's coming out of it? What's being expressed? Is there praise? In the same way that you would look at a health expert, a doctor, and he would listen to your heart and he would say, oh, after listening, there's a little problem here. Or you'd listen to your cough and say, oh, there's a, there's a little problem here. Or if you would take your car to a mechanic and they could listen to the engine, they could hear it sputter and say, oh, there's a problem there, right? The person who's an expert at something can hear and say, oh, there's a little bit of a problem there. There's something we gotta work on. I was with uh, some friends this week, Skylar and Dory were there, and I, I heard from the back room what sounded to me like kids that could bear, are they okay? 
And I, so I said to Skylar, dude, are those, are those, is that all right? Because they've got these little kids and they're screaming. And so I hate to be like the old guy whose kids are past that phase, but I was. I was like, everything all right? Only to have Skylar, you know, speaking of Finley, he's like, no, Finley, Brooks, they're fine. They're fine. He's like, that's what they sound like. And to me, it just sounds like, oh, like, like chaos. Only to only have moments later, Skylar jump up and go, oh, that cries. Now they're not okay. And I'm like, that's the same cry. He's been doing that the whole time. There's nothing different, right? He's an expert on Finley. I'm not. He's an expert on hearing the cry of his kids. He can hear it, all right? I want to invite you, be an expert on your heart. What's coming up? What's the sound of your heart? What does it sound like? What's going on? And what you want is that what comes out of your heart in the pain, the prison cell, the chaos, the sickness, the challenge is praise. You don't just praise when the circumstance is right. You praise as you walk through the darkest, most difficult season. God, I will praise. My life is praise. I, I, I worship, I give you praise, honor, glory. I was on the phone on Friday with one of our overseers. We talked. After 30 minutes, he said, David, we've talked for 30 minutes. And he said, I haven't heard you just shouting about all that God is doing with this new building. He's like, I, I, I think that you should be ablaze and praising God for that, thanking God, celebrating. What's he doing? Well, he's being a friend, first of all, pointing me to God, which by the way, if you need a friend like that, Come to Brotherhood, shameless advertisement, let me tell you. Did I announce Brotherhood? I'll announce it at the end, all right. Now you're, what's Brotherhood, all right. It'll come, so don't leave and go get your kids till the very, very, very end, because I'm gonna say it at the very end, all right. But here's, but, but, but here's what he was doing. He was listening to what's inside my heart, and then he was pointing me. He said, most of us, I, I think most of us live our lives so busy, so 100 miles an hour that even think about the condition of our heart. Is praise erupting? Am I expressing what I'm meditating on because it's what I'm reading, because it's what I'm thinking about? Now, I want to invite you to work on in 21 days of prayer. Praise. Work on hallowed be your name. I come before you and I exalt your name. I will not live a life where my ambition and my aim is to exalt my own. I live a life declaring awesome, holy, faithful, true, good, mighty King, Jesus, the worthy lamb. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Would you take a moment just between you and God? Would you just declare names of God, or attributes of God, or God at work and just praise him for just a moment. If you're in the room or online today and you know God is not praised. I'm living with, I, I'm praising a lot of things, but not God. Would you just ask God, God, soften my heart. Give me a heart of flesh. Let me see God. Increase my appetite for God. 
let me be one that praises. Hallowed be your name. Lift it up above all things. Maybe today, you'd like to make the most important decision that a human being could make. And that is to make Jesus of infinite worth in your life, the worthy lamb. We sang that song about him being the worthy lamb because we read in the scripture that Jesus was the lamb sacrificed for us in our place for our sin. And because of Jesus, we can have eternal life with God forever. And if you desire relationship with God, to spend eternity with God, I want to invite you to begin that journey by just praying this prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. I ask for your life, supernatural life, life that comes from you. Be the Lord of my life. Come. I give you everything. I want to be with you forever. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen? Amen. Let's stand together. I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward. If you prayed that prayer, uh, we at Radiant Church would love to go on the journey with you, to help you, run with you as a follower of Jesus. One of the ways that you can let us know is to fill out that connection card and tell us you made a decision to follow Jesus, or there'll be a prayer team up here at the end of the service, and you can come up here. We would love to pray with you. We actually had that happen in the first service. We'd love to pray with you and pray for you as you begin your journey with Jesus. Let's pray over offering. Father, we love you today. You're our first love. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed, exalted, revered, lifted up in the highest place, exalted above all things. We give you praise and honor. Now take what we give. Use it, Lord Jesus. We give cheerfully and gladly. We love being your people. Use us, Lord God, here and now to make a difference. We honor you in Jesus' name.